Well, good morning to each and every one of you. It is so good to see you today. If you're joining us online, a special welcome to you this morning. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I know we just had the Fast Five, but I do want to give you one little more commercial, all right? And uh, it's a brand new year, and we've started several new connect groups. Now, if you're not from Bethesda, maybe you've been attending another church. Maybe you've heard of small groups or home groups. Uh, But here at Bethesda, we believe that circles are better than rows. And what we mean by that is uh, we sit in rows on Sunday morning, and this is great, and we get to worship together and hear incredible sermons. But We believe that you're able to connect with other people when you're in a circle, when you can pray for each other, when you know one another's names, when you can encourage each other, where you can share with one another. And so we want to invite you to be a part of a connect group. You can go to our website and check that out. Or if you need help, I'm happy to personally help you to find a connect group. But we want you to be able to connect and grow together in groups. Now... We've already almost made it through the month of January. Um, I was about to say July. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Uh, But we've already made it through the month of January. And I know at the beginning of January, many of us have New Year's resolutions. And I won't ask you to raise your hand um, or to confess this morning if you've already broken your New Year's resolution to yourself uh, because the hamburger just smelled way too good um, or there was just way too much. It was much better to sleep in rather than going to the gym to work out. I I don't know what your New Year's resolution was, but all of us have made those resolutions before. And um, I'm asking, uh, I'm putting Pastor Josh on the spot here. I, uh, I was trying to grab somebody else, but I didn't have enough time. So Josh is gonna come up and help me. He said I could call him in a pinch. So can you give Pastor Josh a hand as he comes up this morning? So this ladder that we have here, it represents 2018, okay, and, and things that we want to work on in our lives. And, and I brought a few things that Pastor Josh needs to work on in his life, okay? So the, these are things for Pastor Josh. So this is his, <laughs> this is his backpack. And um, Josh, he's an avid reader, and so I'm sure he, he reads several books a month, or, or maybe he's wanting to finish his education and go in and get his doctorate. He already has his master's, and so um, he's already a master, and now he wants to be a doctor. But anyway, so this is going to represent, so you're going to want to put this on. Yeah, it's heavy. We'll put some weights in there. Um, and, and then, of course, he wants to work on his marriage, and he's Mr. Right. Right, and then Amber's misses always right. So happy wife, happy life, okay? And then Josh has young kids, and so he wants to make sure that he's focusing on his family and spending time with his kids because all of us know our kids grow up so fast, and the days are long, but the years are short, aren't they? I mean, before you know it, the kids are already graduating and and moving out. And so Josh is wanting to focus on his family, so he's going to hang on to that for us. Um, And then, of course, he's wanting to continue to advance in his career. So he has an iPad Pro. He's got his Pro Pencil. He's got his laptop in here. He has his smartphone uh, this is not an Apple commercial, okay, but, but he has all of this, so he wants to make sure that, that he's ready and dressed for success. And then, of course, he wants to go and work out, of 
So he, he needs to exercise a little bit um, and get, uh, he's in great shape, but he even, he even told me, he said, I need to start exercising and working out a little bit more. And then, of course, he wants to practice spiritual discipline, so I found the biggest Bible I possibly could because bigger Bibles mean that we're more spiritual. And so, so he wants the biggest Bible he possibly can so that he can continue to grow in his relationship with Christ and come to church and pray and spend time with Jesus. And so we'll just put this right in here for you, okay? That might make it easier on you. And then financially, this is our, our piggy bank, okay? And, and Josh is wanting to save and continue to grow and to be generous in, in his giving and all of those things and, and continue to set aside money and plan for the future. And so Josh wants to continue to do that. So we'll put Mr. Piggy Bank right here. Um, and then he wants to eat better. And so he's going to start bringing his lunch instead of going with us to Dixie House. Um, <laughs> And, and he's going to, he, we've got kale in here. We have bananas, grapes, fruit, papaya. I mean, all of it. It's good stuff in here. All right. And then after all of that, he needs to make sure that he's getting a full eight hours of rest every night at home. And so he's going to go to bed early. He's going to get a good night's sleep. He's not going to stay on his smartphone or watch television. He's going to go to bed and get that full eight hours of sleep, just like all of us do every night, right? So everybody does that. So this is, this is his rest pillow right there. Now, Josh, I want you to, to try to climb up the ladder of 2018. Just a, a little bit. Just take, don't hurt yourself now, but just try to take a step. And can you do that? That, that's about as far, far as you can get. All right, hey, don't. All right, we're gonna, we'll stop right there. Let's stop right there. Go ahead and, and come on back down. Our insurance is good, but it's not that good. All right, so hold on. So let's set some of this stuff down. Let me take some of this from you. Whatever's easiest. There we go. That, there. All right, now, and you can set those things down. Now, out of all of these things, and, and you're not rating what's most important to you right now, but out of all of these things, there you go. What's the one thing and that, the Bible and that? All right, you have to pick one. You can't pick, you only can pick one thing that you want to work on this year. You can take the backpack off. Okay. There you go. Let me take that for you. Okay, so those two, Jesus and Amber. All right, now I want you to try to make it up the ladder a little. Now, isn't that a lot easier? Okay, all right, you can come on back down. Can you guys give Josh a hand again? Thank you, Pastor Josh. Now, if you fall asleep, if your internet goes out, if you have to leave early, here, here's the main point of, of the, the teaching today is this, that you're going to do a lot of things in 2018. You're going to set a lot of goals for yourself. You're going to try to accomplish a lot of things in this coming year. But there's only, there's one thing that you need to try to accomplish. And, and for many of you, if, if you could accomplish this one thing, it, it would transform and it would change your life. If there was one thing that you could focus on this year, and, and we were in December of 2018 or January of, of 2019, and you could look in the rear view mirror and look back at this year, 
and you accomplish this one thing, your, your family would be better, your marriage would be better, your finances would be better. And it's not specific to everyone, but it is specific to you. See, there's one thing in your life, there's one thing in my life that if we could accomplish this, if we could focus on it, if we could be determined enough to accomplish this one thing, it would transform and change our life in this coming year. And for some of you, it, it's a habit that you need to break. It, it's a habit and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried, but, but you haven't been able to break that habit. Or maybe it's a goal that you need to accomplish in this coming year that you've set in front of yourself or a project that you need to complete. Maybe for you, some of you, it's a relationship that you need to, you need to restore. There's a conversation that you need to have and you haven't talked to this family member, you haven't talked to this person in months. There's a lot of unforgiveness there. There's a lot of baggage there. But you need to pick up the phone this year or you need to have a paper and pencil and you need to write a letter to that person. And you need to restart to build the bridge to restore that relationship. For some of you, it's a relationship that you need to get out of. And if you could push a magical button and there was no relationship shrapnel that would blow up in your face because relationships are so complicated, they're so complex. But if you were able to end that relationship, you know you would be in a healthier place a year from now. For some of you, it is. It's a debt. Every time you see those commercials for loan consolidation or to get out of debt or for credit card debt, you, it's, it's like this looming cloud that's hanging over you. You have medical bills that are way past due. You have credit card debt. You, have, you feel like you're drowning in debt, and you just feel overwhelmed by the debt that you have. I, I don't know what it is for you. But, but I bet if, if you and I were sitting across the table and, and having a cup of coffee with one another and you had some time to think about it, you could probably think of that one thing in your life that if you didn't accomplish anything else this year and you were able to accomplish that, it, it would change and impact the way that you're living right now. It, it would change and transform this coming year for you. And so we're going to look at a Bible story in the Old Testament. Now, those of you who are new to Scripture, the Bible is broken up into two Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're going to be in the book of Nehemiah. Pastor Dan started us off in the book of Nehemiah last week, and we're going to look towards the end of this book of Nehemiah today. So it goes Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. So if you're in that area, uh, if you hit Psalms, go back left and you'll find Nehemiah. If you don't have a Bible, it's totally fine. The scriptures will be up on the screen behind me for you. But we're gonna look at Nehemiah and I kind of wanna recap this story. Nehemiah's story takes place around 448 B.C., the king during this time, his name is Artaxerxes, and you might remember him from history class. Maybe you don't. Maybe you were like me and you slept through most of history class, but, but Artaxerxes, around 448 BC, before Christ, he, he comes on the scene, and he's the Persian emperor. The Persian, he's ruling over the Persian empire at this time, and he lives in this citadel, this city, this capital in Persia called Susa. And he lives there with one of this, the captives by the name of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, we don't know a whole lot about him, but we know that he was a cupbearer or a wine taster for the king. But he was more than just a servant. He was more than just a cupbearer. He, he was someone that the king confided in. He was someone that was close to the king. He was a friend of the king. And so Nehemiah, one day he comes into the palace, he comes into the throne room and before the king and his face is sad and his face is downcast. 
And, and the king asked him, Nehemiah, why are you so sad? Why is your face so downcast? And Nehemiah had prayed this long prayer in chapters before, but he had heard about what was happening in the city and in the nation of Jerusalem. Now, Nehemiah, we don't know if he had ever been to Jerusalem or if he had ever been to Israel before, because it's about 100 years before Nehemiah that another famous king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar had shown up. And you might have heard of Nebuchadnezzar before. If you've read the Bible, maybe you've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. Maybe you've heard of Daniel and the lion's den. Maybe you know those stories. But Nebuchadnezzar had attacked Jerusalem. And he had tore down the walls and he had burned the temple and he had destroyed the temple. And Nehemiah hears that a hundred years later, the rubble and the ashes are still there in the city of Jerusalem. That nothing has changed. That the city hasn't changed. That everyone's still living in fear. Everyone's still living in turmoil. And so he goes before the king and he says, how can I not be sad when my city, when my homeland is in ashes? And so Nehemiah does a brave thing and he says, king, can I have some time off? Now, Nehemiah is a friend to the king, but he's still a servant and servants don't get time off, right? And so he's asking for time off and he says, I wanna go back and see if there's anything I can do to help the city of Jerusalem, to help my people. And the king says, and this always astounds me and it amazes me. He says, Nehemiah, I'm not just gonna let you go back to Jerusalem. I'm gonna fully fund your project I'm gonna provide all of the labor that you might need, all of the lumber that you might need. I'm gonna give you papers so that you can come and go as you please, so that you can, your passport's gonna be stamped and no one's gonna question what you're doing. And I'm going to make you the governor of Judea. You're gonna be in charge of that entire region and that entire area. This king, Artaxerxes, gives Nehemiah this blank sheet and says, do whatever you need to do. But here's the promise you have to make me, Nehemiah. Pinky promise, you have to come back. You've got to come back. You cannot stay away in Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah gets everything together and he goes back to Jerusalem. And just like he had heard, the city's in ruins. It's in ashes. Warlords that are living in that area are coming in and out of the city, taking and pillaging anytime they want to, whatever they want. And Nehemiah sees and he surveys the, the land. He surveys the wall. He surveys the temple. And for a day and a half, he just travels around. And then he gets everyone together and he says this, if we don't accomplish anything else this year, we have to rebuild this wall. I know there's leaders that need to be put in place. I know there's an economy that needs to be propped up. But if we don't accomplish anything else this year, if we only get one thing done, we have to rebuild these walls. That's the one thing that we need to do. And so Nehemiah gathers everyone and everyone says, we're with you, Nehemiah. And then he breaks up the families. He says, Geary's, you're gonna be on this part of the wall. Brunson's, you're gonna be on this part of the wall. Schaefer's, you're gonna be on this part of the wall. Smith's, you're gonna be on that part of the wall. We're gonna divide everybody up and you're going, this is gonna be the section of the wall that you're working on. And you're gonna repair and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And everyone's excited except for one man, <laughs> by the name of Sam Ballot. Now, this isn't a very popular name. I don't know if you wanna name your kid Sam Ballot, but maybe we can bring this name back. Maybe you can start with a puppy um, and, and name them Sam Ballot. But Sam Ballot, he's the leading warlord in that region of Jerusalem. And, and he, he's not happy because if the walls get rebuilt, 
then we're not gonna be able to pillage and steal whatever we want from Jerusalem. If the walls get rebuilt, they might become a force to be reckoned with. If the walls get rebuilt, they might raise up an army and actually become a threat to this area of the world again. Israel might be reestablished as a nation. And so Sam Ballot, he, he starts to send in spies to figure out what's going on. Who's in charge? And Sam Ballot finds out Nehemiah is in charge. And then he sends some hecklers to go in and make fun of the repairs of the wall. And they start laughing at Nehemiah and all the workers and making fun of them. But they just keep ignoring them and keep building and building and building. And then he gets a small army together and they go and they attack Nehemiah and the rest of the workers and and try to distract them from the work. But Nehemiah, the very next morning, the very next day after the attack, the sun comes up and Nehemiah and his workers are out there on the wall again, hammering away. And Nehemiah gave everyone a sword. He said, everyone had a sword in one hand and they had a hammer in the other hand. And everyone kept working and working and watching and working and watching and working and watching and working. And the walls slowly go up and up and up. And so isn't that a great story? In Nehemiah chapter 6, this is where we're going to pick it up. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 1, this is what it says. When the word of the Lord came to Samballot and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, and not a gap was left in it, though... Up to that time, I had not set the doors and the gates. Sam Ballad and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. Come on, Nehemiah, let's have lunch. Let's get coffee. Meet us at the Starbucks in the plain of Ono, which that's just a warning sign, right? Oh, no, he didn't, right? And, and, and that's, that's what Nehemiah is thinking. Yeah, I'm not going for it, all right? Sam Ballot, I'm not gonna, this is a setup. I can smell your setup. You want me to get off of the wall. You wanna get me away from Jerusalem so you can just trick me or so you can attack me or, or so that you can scheme against me. But they were scheming to harm me. And then this next verse, if you haven't been paying attention, this next verse is the important verse, all right? This is the verse that I hope gets deep down inside of your soul this morning. And it's just simply this. This is what Nehemiah says. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Will you just say that with me? All right, even if you're joining us online and you're in a coffee shop right now in your pajamas, just say it out loud, okay? Everyone's gonna look at you weird. But let's just say this together on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm and I, one more time, all right? Just humor me. I'm Nehemiah says, I'm doing a great work. And I cannot come down. And and hopefully you, you can grasp onto this. There is something in your life. There is a wall in your world that if you could climb up on that wall this year and you could begin to focus on what the great work that God is calling you to do, the great work that you know in your heart you're supposed to do, and you remove all of the other distractions, and when someone tries to come and shake your ladder, and when someone tries to come and distract you, that you would be able to say this verse again in your heart or in your mind, I'm doing a great work right here, right now, and I cannot come 
down. He goes on, why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? He says, why, why should I, what, how is leaving this and going to the plane of Ono and meeting with you and your groupies, how is that going to help me to complete the great work that God has called me to do? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. I am doing a great work. And I can, come on, Nehemiah, I mean, you can't possibly, possibly be working on the wall 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, come on, Nehemiah, you have to rest, you have to take a break, you need to sleep, you need to eat. Come on, Nehemiah, just for a little bit, come and meet with us. And Nehemiah says, no, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. And, and church, here, here's the thing. If Nehemiah had gotten off the ladder, if Nehemiah had come down off of the wall, and met with Samballot and Geshem, they probably would have killed him or they would have destroyed him because there was, they've tried everything else and they said, if we kill the leader, if we kill Nehemiah, then everyone else is gonna be discouraged and they're gonna stop building the wall. And did you know something? There are things in your life that if you don't focus on them, they have the potential to destroy you. Did you know that? Some of you are living in that paradox right now because you didn't pay attention to a breach in your wall. You didn't pay attention to a crack in your wall. You didn't pay attention to some distractions in your wall. And you said, we'll get to it later. We'll ignore it. For some of you, and come on, you know this, it's your health. And your spouse has told you over and over again, hey, you need to go see the doctor again. You need to go see the doctor again. You need to go see the doctor again. And you've changed doctors over and over and over again because you don't like what this doctor tells you and then the next doctor tells you the same thing and the next doctor tells you the same thing. Did you know you only get one body in this life? That's it. You get one chance. And some of you, you're, you're ignoring your health. Well, why are you doing that? For some of you, it, it's, your, it's your marriage, Right? For some of you, and you have young kids, and Josh and I were joking a little bit earlier with the, with the young kids, but you need to go in there into your kid's bedroom at night when they're sleeping, and you need to sit on the edge of their bed, and you need to look at them, and you need to remind yourself, I'm doing a great work right here, and I cannot come down. And I could take a second job, and I could work more hours and longer hours, for some of you, you have teenagers and you only have a few years left with them living in your house, hopefully. <laughs> and you need to set your alarm clock because they probably go to bed after you do. But you need to go into their room at night and look at them laying there on that bed and say, I'm doing a great work. I only have a few more years left with this child before they're gone. I'm doing a great work right here and I cannot come down. For some of you men, you need to look at that picture of your wife and of your kids and of your family that sits on your desk every day and you need to say to yourself every morning as you're drinking your coffee, I am doing a great work right here and I cannot come down. And yeah, I could travel more and yeah, I could be away more nights of the week. And yeah, I could make more money and I could close on some more deals and I could do all of those things. But I am doing a great work right here with my family right now and I'm not coming down. And it doesn't matter the position. It doesn't matter the title I could have. It doesn't matter how much money I could make. I'm doing a great work right here, right now. I'm not coming down. 
Ladies, you need to look at your husband and say, he's a piece of work. I mean, I don't know what you guys say. Where would he be without me? I mean, I have no idea, right? But you need to look at your husband because you have no idea. Your support and your encouragement and you honoring your husband, you have no idea what that does for him. And you need to look at your husband and say, I'm doing a great work by coming alongside of him and being his helpmate and doing life together and sharing life together. I'm doing a great work right here. And yeah, I could go out and get a job and yeah, I could go out and do something else, but I'm doing a great work right here and I cannot, I cannot come down from here. And college students, young adults, high school students, teenagers, you know what your great work is. And you need to climb up on this ladder. And you need to say, you need, you need to focus and say, you know what, you're cute and you're nice and it would be fun to go there and it would be fun to go to that party or it would be fun to hang out with all those people. It would be fun to be irresponsible for a while and, and sow my wild oats, but I'm doing a great work right here. And I'm not coming down because I'm willing to focus on my future I'm willing to say no to some other people or some other relationships or some other things that I know are just trying to distract me or pull me down. And I'm going to continue to climb on up to who I want to be and who God is calling me to be. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun sometimes. And it's going to take some sweat and I'm going to get dirty and it's going to get hard. But I'm doing a great work right here, right now. And I'm not coming down. I'm not going to come down off of this wall. So, so what's your wall? What, what is it in your life that you need to accomplish? And, and this is the part of the sermon where, where I could close right here, where I could close right now. And we would be to Luby's super duper early today. <laughs> no one's even in line yet. But, but this is where where I want to push because you know what? Nehemiah, they didn't stop there. They kept coming back over and over and over again. And they, they even, they sent word back to Artic Xerxes and they're saying, they said, hey, Artic, Art, King Art, Nehemiah is trying to set himself up as king here. You need to come with your army and completely destroy the work that he's, they sent rumors, they sent more spies, they even got in with his inner circle and his inner circle started asking him to compromise his integrity and to do something unethical that Nehemiah said, no, I'm not doing it. Even his closest friends were telling him, don't, don't, Nehemiah, just, just let's calm the whole wall thing down. Let's step back. It, we, we've rebuilt. We've done a lot of really good things here. Let's just stop. And Nehemiah said no. And I know I keep repeating this, but I hope it gets annoying to you to where you cannot forget it. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Then listen what happens in verse 15. So the wall was complete in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. And here's the amazing thing. There are no miracles in the book of Nehemiah. 
They didn't wake up one morning and all of a sudden, wow, the wall has been done or a certain section of the wall. There were no earthquakes. There were no lightning bolts that God sent down like he does in certain areas of the Bible and destroys their enemies. There was nothing supernatural. The sun didn't stand still so they could work longer hours. None of those things happen in the book of Nehemiah. It's just a group of men and women who are saying, we are working on this wall and we're not going to stop. And though the enemy might attack and though hell and high water might try to come against us and though they're laughing at us and though they're setting, set, saying rumors about us and they're making fun of us and they're ridiculing us and everyone else thinks we've lost our mind, we are going to focus on this wall and we're not stopping until it is complete. And church, if we have that determination... God will bless you. If you have that in your heart to say, God, this is the thing that I'm going to work on this year. And, and God, by your grace and with your help and with the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I want to see this accomplished in my life. So again, I could let you guys go out early, but I want to disturb you a little bit. I want to push. I want to get in your grill, if you will. Okay, just a little bit with some specific things. And, and come on, for some of you, and you know this, you drink too much. You, you drink too much. And, and you know how you can tell if you drink too much? Someone has told you, hey, I think you drink too much. <laughs> I know that's complicated and sophisticated, so let me say it again, rewind real quick. If someone has ever told you, hey, I think you drink too much, then you probably drink too much. You know why? Because they didn't want to tell you that the first time that they noticed it or the second, or the third. And they were afraid it was gonna ruin your friendship or ruin your relationship. But they told you anyway. And you probably don't remember because you drink too much. <laughs> Michael, are you against alcohol? This has nothing to do with alcohol. This has to do with the person that you become when you start consuming alcohol and the way that it affects you, the way it affects your spouse, the way it affects your kids. And you know this. What if this was your year? to say, I'm done with that. I'm gonna climb up on this wall and I'm not getting down until I'm sober. For some of you, it's prescription medication. And you have a doctor's excuse or multiple doctor's prescriptions that they've given you. And, and you can send me emails, hopefully, just send them to this email address, dan at bethesdanet.com. <laughs> Be, because I know every, we can all justify our prescription drug problem, can't we? Be, because you have doctor's notes, and, and no one wakes up one morning and says, yes, I want, I want to have a prescription drug problem. But you, you know this, it's controlling your life. What if this was the year that you, you gave that up? For some of you, it's an internet addiction, and you keep praying about it and praying about it and clearing your history and praying about it and clearing your history and praying about it and then clearing your history. And over and over again, what if you were honest enough, courageous enough to talk to someone and admit, I've got an internet addiction problem. Maybe it's you getting rid of your electronics because it's controlling your life and it's ruining your marriage and it's ruining your family. What if this is a year, this is your one thing, I'm doing a great thing, and I cannot come down? For some of you, it is, it's your marriage. And you might not need counseling right now, but you're, you and your spouse, you're like this. And at the end of the year, it's going to be like this, 
in five years from now, it's gonna be like this. And did you know, church, that we have marriage mentors in this church? Did you know that? This is another shameless plug. We have marriage mentors in this church, men and women who are further along in their marriage or maybe they're at the same place in their marriage, but they would love to come alongside of you and pray with you. And they're not counselors and they're not gonna charge you a fee, but they're gonna sit down with you and say, hey, I can help navigate with you through some of these speed bumps maybe that you're going through in your marriage. And come on. The divorce rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. Come on. What if this was the year that you said, okay, I'm gonna stop pretending that my marriage is okay and I'm gonna stop faking it and coming here on Sunday mornings and putting on my Sunday morning face and my Sunday morning tie and my Sunday morning clothes. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, great. How are they getting? Fine. Everything's fine. We're all fine, aren't we? We're, we're so fine. But then our lives are falling apart back at home. Not, not on social media, but back at home in real world, that, that's where, and come on, well, what if this was your year? Well, for some of you, it's what I said earlier, you're, you're in debt, you're swimming in debt, and you need to sell some things. You need to change your lifestyle. You need to move in with your mama, or your wife's mama, or your grandmama. I mean, you just need to find a mama and move in with your, a mama. But you need to say, you know, you know what, no matter what people think of me, no matter what I have to drive this year, no matter what neighborhood I have to live in, I am going to tackle this debt. My debt is my great thing that I'm going to tackle this year, and I'm going to get rid of it, and I'm going to save, and I'm going to get out of this just looming over my head all of the time. Come on. What, what if you decided to do that? What if you decided to say, I'm going, God, with your help and your grace, we're gonna do this this year. Again, it, it could be, for some of you, it is, it's school. For some of you, you dropped out of school or you didn't finish school and you said, well, I'm, I was gonna go back and I was gonna finish and when people ask you where you went to college or where you went to school, you name the school but you know that you didn't graduate from there because you never finished your education. You need to go back to school. And young people who say, they always come to me, man, I just, I'm so excited about Jesus. I'm so excited about ministry. I'm so excited about doing the work of the Lord. I'm like, have you finished school? Well, no. Go and finish school. You live in the United States of America. Over the half of the rest of the world would love to be able to finish their education. And you have the chance to do that. Go finish school. Then come back and talk to me about ministry. For some of you, because we've been talking about negative things, let's name a positive. Some of you, you want to start a business. You want to start a not-for-profit. You want to start a ministry. That's great. That's wonderful. You should do that. And, and, but you've, you've never done it because you're afraid. And, and I know what you're waiting for. You're waiting for your ticket for the Powerball lottery for it to finally be called. That's what you're waiting for. And, but I've never heard the story, and it might be out there, I've never heard the story, I won the Powerball, and then I started my not-for-profit organization, and I started helping people. I, that story might be out there, I've just never heard it. But you know, God's put this dream in your heart, God's put this vision in your heart, or even, it doesn't even have to be a ministry, God's put this vision in your heart to start your own business, and you've never done it, but you know that God's called you to do it, or you know you've had this desire for years, and, and you just keep pushing it down, pushing it, what if this was your year? 
What if you finally took a step of faith and say, okay, God, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to climb up on this wall and I'm not getting down until I've accomplished it. What is it for you? Can I tell you? You have no idea what God wants to do in and through your life if you would just be willing to say, I'm going to do a great work this year. And like I said earlier, February's going to come around, July's going to come around, October's going to come around, December, I'm sorry to say, Christmas is going to be here before you know it, right? It's going to be here. And church, I don't want you to look back at this year, 2018, and be in December or be in January of next year and just full of regret again saying, I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have done something different this year. I wish I would have taken a step up onto the ladder and actually started to work out something in my life that God has called me to do. I wish I was in a different place 12 months from now. And then we do this cycle again and we start all over again. What if this was your year that you said, I'm going to be determined enough and I'm not going to get down off of this wall? Now, before I pray for us, real quick, the thing that holds us back is this. When you shut off your computer, if you're watching online, when you walk out of these doors, when you go back to school tomorrow, when you go back to cubicle land at your office tomorrow, when you go back home, nothing has changed. You don't have any more less responsibilities. You don't have any more time. You don't have any less obligations. You don't have any more magically just money coming out of everywhere and just, oh, look at all of this. You don't, you don't have any of those things. All you have is your mind and your heart and what God has called you to focus on. And I've been practicing this this month. If you will get up every morning, and maybe you need to write it down. I have to write it down on a sheet of paper, and it's right in my Bible, right next to my bed on my nightstand, and I read this every morning. And it's this. I'm doing a great work right here right now and I'm not coming down. I'm not gonna come down. And I read off, this is the man that I want to be. This, this is the person that I want Michael Escamilla to be. And if I stand before the Lord, I want to be able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You, you've been faithful over the little things the little, little things, Michael, you've been faithful over these little things. Now I'm going to help, I'm going to allow you to lead over many things. I'm going to allow you to rule over many things is the word that Jesus uses. Faithful in the little things. What is it? What's the wall you need to climb up on this year? I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, this is so easy to say standing up here with a microphone, but it's so difficult and hard for us when we walk out of these doors. 
But, but God, we, we just know, don't we? we? We know what it is, that, that one thing that you're calling us, you're calling us to, God. And Lord, my prayer is for every marriage in this place. And God, they, they know that there's distance there. Lord, would you, would you help them to move, to begin to move back into one another's directions? For their kids' sake, for their grandkids' sake, God, for their great-grandkids' sake, for the future of their family, God, would you help them to move back in the same direction? God, for those who are dealing with habits or addictions or things in their lives, Lord, that they know that they know they just need to work on. God, would you give them the courage to step out and to begin those conversations that they need to have, the people that they need to come in contact with, the, the people that they know that love them and care about them that will help them through these circumstances, that will help them through these situations. God, for every student, young adult, Lord, they, they know they're, they've already been distracted, even though it's only been 20-something days into this year. They, they're already seeing how their life has become full of distractions. God, would you help them to say no to those distractions and to climb up on the ladder of what you're calling them to do? And God, would you bless them as they commit themselves to you and to the thing that you have set before them. God, I'm asking, Lord, that as we look back at this year, and there's gonna be speed bumps, and Lord, there's gonna be times that we fall short and where we mess up and where we make mistakes and where we sin, but God, I pray that we would not give up and quit and throw in the towel. But Lord, that we would have Nehemiah determination to say, I am doing a great work and I am not coming down. With God's grace and with his help and his strength, day by day by day, week by week by week, month by month, God, I'm going to accomplish what you have set before me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? And Pastor Brent and our worship team, they're going to lead us in one last song, and then he'll dismiss us. But I just want to encourage you, church, to focus on your one thing in this coming year. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Hopefully, we'll see you tonight at the prayer meeting, or we'll see you next Sunday morning.